It is Tour Live. It's Neil Atkinson with Rob Gutman, with John Gibbons and with Harriet Pryor uh, in order to look ahead predominantly to a final, a final we're very, very, very excited about, as you would expect. We're going to do a little bit of looking back at the game against Leeds United. And also coming up, uh, we are joined uh, with Andy, with Rohan to talk about Mind, EFL's charity partner. And also we have got Harriet Pryor with Katie Stengel, uh, which is in there too, uh, as much as you can expect, possibly begin to expect. It's been a great week with loads of fantastic stuff on the Anfield wrap. And if you haven't downloaded the app yet, I would suggest doing so because trust me, it is far better, far, far, far better than the cup final grandstand of your nostalgic memories. You could not get any more. You could not want any more. And John Gibbons, we are going to predominantly focus this show on what's happening on Sunday. But one thing that happens on Wednesday that for me is massive in the context of what may well happen on Sunday is Sadio Mane plays number nine. He does pretty well and he bags himself a brace and you know John that's two games back to back Sadio's had number nine and and from the manager's comments today you would think you would think it'll be Sadio Mane who starts number Mane Mane who starts number nine for Liverpool going into this one at the weekend yeah I mean obviously uh, Diogo Jota is trying his best um, and you know wants to be fit but you'd have thought it would be sort of from the bench at this stage so I'll expect him to go with the three you know who started the last two games and Listen, it's not bad, is it? Um, you know, the, the, the scoring goals, they're playing well. You know, all three of them scored last weekend, and then, um, and then, and then two got two got braces on, on Wednesday. So we're going in with a lot of form. We're going in with a lot of firepower, and we're going in with a lot of confidence. And, and I'm sure Sadio Mane is is, is feeling good. Uh, more goals than John Barnes now. It's not bad. Not bad at all. And in fact, Rob, you know, John Barnes went on that career trajectory himself. You know, he ends up back in centre midfield, but there's a period, uh, 1990, 1991, where Barnes moves from the left-hand side, plays centre-forward for Liverpool. That that was what was actually in my mind. So well done, John, there for segueing it in really, really rather neatly. You know, Barnes, that's what Barnes did. And Sadio himself, I think he's got everything in his locker and he's shown that he's got everything in his locker. It's just getting used to playing the position. Yeah, I think we've seen Sadio play as... Um as an accomplished number nine for a number of years now. Uh, you know, Liverpool's front three are as fluid as any front three in, in world football history, quite frankly. How many, if, we, if you look at montages of Sadio Mane goals, they're not, you know, they're not actually the winger goal that Salah scores more often than not, which is cutting in from a wide position and bending it. He does enough of those, but a hell of a lot of them are in the, right in the middle of the goal at the edge of the six-yard box, be it a header, be it a volley, be it a rebound. He is very much a six-yard box predator when he wants to be anyway. To put him there and let him dedicate itself to it, I think we'll just see a lot more Sadio Mane goals. That will be the outcome. Uh, we just suddenly got Andy emerging there whilst Rob was talking, which was I thought was fantastic stuff uh, on the tour live. If you listen to this as a podcast uh, you've just missed out uh, to be frank but we'll be alright in the end uh, Sadio Harriet what Rob's saying there I couldn't agree more with it in, in fact he gets the predatory goals uh, in the game against Leeds there for me I like how he's for instance got greater license to drop deep come and involve himself in play as well I think he takes a couple of fewer risks when he's through the middle I think that's not a bad thing uh, at the moment I think he's I, I'm I'm really excited about it from a Liverpool point of view, not just right now, but also in the in in, in the you know the, the near future. Yeah, I missed some of what Rob said because I was distracted by Andy popping up. But but 
Mane, I thought, had a bit of a weird start to the Leeds game in that he he, he literally blocked a shot that I thought was going in to start with, and then a few a few passes were he going. Did, in. Yeah, yeah, he did do that. We've forgotten about that because we won six nils. It doesn't really matter. And then a few passes. I just thought he struggled in the first sort of period to get to get into the game and to make things work. And then the the more he's growing into that position and the more he gets used to it with Diaz alongside him on the left and Salah on the right, the more you see him dropping into those more attacking <laughs> positions and and just looking more confident in it. And I think it's really you know obviously that any any player that plays in that front three that's got versatility to play in the different positions is, is going to be a huge bonus and that's one thing that we, we really saw with Jota the fact that he could play across the front line was a huge bonus to us and having Mane through the middle with with Diaz on the left it looked like a really exciting combination and the, the attack at the moment is just unrelenting isn't it the fact that we've got the, the top three scorers top three assisters in, in the Premier League it's just ridiculous and any any defence coming up against us it, whether, whether you're Leeds or whether you're looking ahead to the weekend and you're Chelsea you're just not wanting to deal with any of them and I feel sorry for anyone that does have to to be, to be quite honest. Chelsea's defence is renowned, John, for its solidity. But the point about all of this is movement hurts defences, to be honest with you. Interchangeability hurts defences. If you're constantly having to pass a man on, at some point someone knocks off, at some point someone can't respond as quickly as you'd like. And that, to me, is is where where Liverpool can can re- continue to really, really excel. You know, and 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 it's the same when Jota plays back there. The trick for Mane is going to be doing a lot of the Firmino stuff that you know, in terms of linking midfield and attack, he's not really had to do that yet. Given the fact that the opposition has been Norwich and it's been Leeds, what Firmino is really good at is knowing when he needs to go and be another midfielder, uh, as well as then joining into the into the sort of the nine or the false nine position, depending on how you want to phrase it. That to me is going to be the challenge for Sadio, especially especially in a game against opponents the calibre of Chelsea? It will. I think we need to expect them, though, to be a sort of a different sort of number nine. I think Jot is a different number nine, for example, than, than Firmino, and so they do, they do it in different ways. I think Barbie, you know, is very unique in his number nine-ness, isn't it? And and that's sort of been part of his his gift to Liverpool, really. But, but Sadio... He's so strong, is what I would say, and he's and he's a really good outball uh, for the team, and he is that when he's wide. But I think he can be in the central as well. You know, for for someone who's who's not a huge fella, you know, he's, he's hardly built like a traditional target man, is he? But you know, if you knock a ball up to him, you know, he will he will bring it down. He will hold the man up, and and he will you know get his teammates into play. So so as you know, if we're talking about things that he can add as, as an extra to the goals and to the attacking talent that, that we can see, I think it's that as, as a number nine, really. And listen, we're not going to, you know, hope that we're, we're, we're penned in too much. But if we are, or if we struggle, or or if the goalie just needs to go long at some point to, to, to beat the press and because there's no options there, you'd back Sadio or indeed Mo if he's if he's coming, you know, a bit more central or finds himself in a more central area to, to, to win it against any defender. To, to be able to hold them off and to bring his teammates into play and get us up the pitch. On the other player who gets brought in from the cold, I would say, against Leeds, John, uh, Rob, is um, Curtis Jones. Yeah. And one of the things interesting about this is first and foremost, he's just completely in from nowhere. So he'd not, be, he'd not been on benches or anything like that. And then suddenly he's right, right the way back in. It's Harvey Elliott who drops out. To me, all this just first and foremost, you know, that Curtis has been impressing in training. I don't think he gets games. I don't think anyone who's an impression in training at the minute gets games for Liverpool because of the options the manager's got. But I think the other thing with Elliott going completely as well is that the manager's thinking about who he wants as a sub. 
And that's why maybe, you know, when some of the stuff around when Curtis wasn't getting picked, it was maybe overstated a little bit because you can understand he wants Milner's experience on the bench. Chamberlain can also cover for Salah as well as offer something else in the middle of the park. You know, Kite has shown that he can be a really good substitute for Liverpool. One of Thiago and Henderson have been on the bench recently at times. Henderson's on the bench against Leeds himself. Do you know what I mean? I think that at times, because there are so many options, we're almost not used to players of the calibre of Jones or Gomez, for instance, missing out. And we're, we're, we're perhaps too quick to draw too many conclusions. You know, I've heard you espouse this view on another show because I listen to you. I lot. can't believe it these days. I, and I was, I was, I, I became the other side of that that curtain going. I disagree, Neil. I disagree with that. Although I don't entirely disagree. I think you've got a point. But but I've got. But my, here's my my thinking on it. What Klopp? What I think Klopp's thinking. I think because he's now got this embarrassment of riches, whilst for this period, this <laughs> brief period, maybe we have people fit. He's suddenly become acutely aware of the stigma of no, of, of telling a, a man you're not in the match day squad, and that they suddenly feel. Obviously, lots of players want to. They want to be in the first eleven. They want to be in the starting eleven. That's that's the holy grail. That's the expectation for these lads. They're all of high quality. So to be said, you're on the bench. They go, okay, I'll live with that. I, you know, I'll fight my way back. I'll get a sub appearance. But to be taken two rungs down and to be not in the match day squad is a body blow to to uh, to athletes of. And you can pick any one of them now. You, we're now listing in that number: a Gomez, a Minamino, a Jones, an Elliot, and an Origi, an Origi, and, and and soon it'll be a Bobby Firmino could find himself in that position. So I think he's trying to deal with that body blow by saying. Not being in the match day squad doesn't mean you're two rungs from the, your holy grail. Doesn't mean you're two rungs from where you think you deserve to be. It just means today you're not. And I think he sent that message. I think what he did with Jones was as much... And with Elliot maybe as well. And think? exactly that. As much with Elliot, he's sending out a message to all of them that you're not two rungs away. You're just not in the match day squad. And then he can build that narrative, which you've just, which you've built, which I don't entirely disagree with, which is... I think you really rather agree with it, but you know, it's where well, we are, where we are. No, but I think it's for, because of the context I've just described. I think he's saying to them, I need a horse for a course. You're not the wrong player. You're just not the horse I needed in this position, but you might, but you very well could be next one. To show Jones that he could go from three games in to three games, three rungs down to back in is a major statement to that squad. There we are. John, do you feel the same way? And also, I thought Curtis, other than the first five minutes or so, I thought he did excellently against Leeds. Yeah, it is an interesting one, isn't it? And I'm pleased he gets his start because, you know, as as Rob says, it would have been a real blow to him to to, to not get in squads. Yeah, I thought he grew into the game. I think that is, that is fair to say. I thought he was... You know, there was a bit of lack of sharpness from someone who's who's not played much competitive football, which is to be expected. But it only sort of first 10, 15, really. And I thought after that, you know, he got better and better. And, you know, you're pleased for him to be involved, really. I mean, a Wednesday before the cup final is always one that you're going to see rotation a little bit. But isn't that lovely? You know, we're talking about rotation and, and a 6-0 win in, in the same in the same breath and in the same night. What a, what a, a bevy of luxuries this manager has. Are we allowed to comment on what people are saying? In the yes, you can. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said something in German, which I... It, it was... I know what it is. I, I know, was essen I know mit, German. Was essen Sie mit Bratwurst crisps? What do you eat with Bratwurst crisps? This is what really the kind of people that aren't, aren't watching. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. Uh, there, there we are. Uh, excellent stuff. The uh, contribution. Rob's, Rob, Rob's overcome with the contribution uh, there, Harriet. Um, if we're going to bring people in, uh, Hamdi said, nice to have guys and princesses, and I'm going to bag you being a princess. <laughs> Absolutely, John. I, I'd rather uh, be a princess than a guy. Guy, Guy's very dull, isn't uh, it? I, no, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Uh, an absolute 100%. Uh, 100%. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, as and when, I've got to give a, a speech, and so is Rob. 
Uh, and I'm going to refer to, uh, to, to, to the bridesmaids as handsome and to the, uh, to the best men as radiant. Uh, and handsome for women. It's old school, isn't it? Yeah. It's old school. They say it in Mad Men. So you so, so am I a guy uh, rather than a princess? You can be, you can be whatever you want. Oh, you choose. 2022. You so. can pick whatever you want to be, Harriet. <laughs> and on that note, uh, moving into the idea of Curtis, it's unlikely that he gets time on the pitch on Sunday. But there's a few players, you know, obviously there's a limit as to how many can get time on the pitch on Sunday. But the point is, and why, you know, I thought Henderson in the in the, in the press conference today, again, sort of thinking back to Leeds and then thinking ahead to the final is really interesting because he is talking about the idea that everyone's played the part in this. And for me, that's the, you know, the, the, in a really weird way, if Liverpool win the Champions League this year, there'll be a... a it'll be a smaller number of players who will directly have played their part than with this League Cup because so many players have played their part. And the idea, you can make changes on Wednesday, gone. You can make changes on the Wednesday to follow against Norwich. All of that's so important for this Liverpool squad and belief. Yeah, I was looking earlier, there's been 29 players playing this League Cup build-up. So that, that's really? really? Yeah, 29 Amazing. different players. So I think if you're looking at that from an academy perspective, that's such a testament to the work they've been doing there. I think Klopp's just really got it right this season, hasn't he, in the Cup game so far, with a mix of the experienced players and having that core and that spine in there and bringing in the younger talent with them and, and them having that real belief that they can go on and push forward because they've got Van Dijk there if they mess up, basically. So I think that's worked really well. And, you know, Pep Linners was asked today in the press conference whether it's really hard basically to tell the younger players that they're not going to be a part of the final when they've been such a big part of getting in there and he was like no absolutely not because they're all aware that they're all part of the team we're speaking every day they know how much a part of it they are and they're all coming on the bus with us they'll all be there to watch it and I think probably for them it's it's a real sense of pride that they've got through with with some really tough fixtures and and the more sort of we've got further in the competition the more as fans and the more as the team you can see the the sort of excitement and the encouragement around it just growing and growing and I think especially after that Leicester game when we when we got back in to it as fans we were like we want to go all the way now and we want to we want to get to that final and, and the younger players will just be really proud that they've managed to play a small part in that and if we if we win then they'll definitely take their trophy and, and deserve it last little thing before we do look ahead john uh, and go to uh, the fantastic inserts that sit there on this tour live this week my first thing is uh, liverpool have now scored 70 league goals it's a phenomenal number you know it's 26 games if they extrapolate that over the course of the season they will break 100 they've also very much nailed on the idea that they are fighting on four fronts. You know, it was it wasn't that long ago. It was twelve points, whether it was with or without games in hand. Listen, we've seen that ground be eaten up on us in the past, the other way around. It is. I ended up doing something on Radio Manchester last night because they, all they wanted to talk about was the idea of a title race and would you rather be chasing or would you rather be leading? And listen, I'd always rather have points on the board. Uh, let's not be let's not be polite about this. Points on the board are what matters. But Liverpool have sent out one hell of a signal this week that they are very, very, very serious about winning this football league. Yeah, they have. And although I agree with you that, that I'd rather have the points on the board, you know, that feeling of having a lead eaten away, you know, is, is sort of psychological and, 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 you know, players and managers do check tables, I'm sure. And unless that's getting lower and lower, um, it, it must sort of have an effect really. Obviously City have got an opportunity to, to, to go back ahead because we don't play in the league this weekend and they do. So they'll be sort of looking at, but if they don't win, you know that game that'll feel like Liverpool have clawed more points on them, even though even though we haven't sort of played a league game. That'll feel like you know because it was really interesting where Pep Guardiola was saying, "Oh, it's a three point gap." Before it was even a three point gap, he just decided that we beat Leeds. And fair play, he was right. We beat them six 0 But uh, but you know, what I mean, that's what they'll be. He's watched footy in the past, John. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but if they do drop points against the mighty Blues um, this weekend, then then that will feel like that will feel like 
you know, we've 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 reduced that gap even further without playing, which will be a huge psychological thing. So let's all hope for a for a, a, a miracle of Goodison Park at half five. It will take a miracle, trust me. I've looked at the underlying numbers. In the comments, uh, Patrick Westmore says this Liverpool versus Arsenal women women's FA Cup on BBC I player on Sunday at twelve noon. He's absolutely right to point that out. It is a massive game for Liverpool Football Club in the women's league uh, on Sunday. It is a huge, huge game because it'll let them know where they're up to in comparison to the WSL team to do well against Tottenham early in the season. Arsenal are a different class, but that'll be a really good game of football. Do check that out at twelve noon. Uh, we have coming up right now, Harry Pryor speaking to Liverpool's January acquisition, Katie Stengel. Uh, that is to come. Also, uh, we've got Andy talking to Rohan about Mind, uh, the EFL's mental health charity that they partner with uh, prior to this final. It is exciting, exciting stuff. Both of that is to come if you listen to this podcast. If you are on the live with us, or maybe you're going to do both, uh, we are going to be back in three, two, one. And I am now delighted to be joined by Liverpool women's Katie Stengel, who joined in January on a two and a half year deal. So Katie, how are you, how are you finding living in Liverpool and playing so far? I love it. It's been great so far. Um, Honoured to be here and it's been a whirlwind since January. Yeah, and you, you've played at a lot of clubs in, in your career already in Bayern Munich and Washington and more recently Houston. And how is it living in Liverpool? Is there anything that surprised you about moving here or that you found particularly interesting? I know you've got a strong social media game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's embarrassing. Um, yeah, I've gotten around for clubs, not by choice, but um, it's been great to be here. Um, the city's got some culture, a little more than in the U.S., where we have, like, you know, Boston was as old as we got. So that was our history. So it's been nice to look around and see these, like, really cool buildings. And um, I can avoid the wind if possible, but otherwise... <laughs> City's been great. I've seen you've broken a few umbrellas. Have you worked out how to survive the wind yet? It's still struggling. What? It's taken three of them so far. And then today it was all frisky and whipped open my coat. And I was like, excuse me, I want to be like covered up. But the buttons just broke as the wind. So. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of the win. <laughs> You've worked with, with Matt Beer before briefly. I'm not sure how long you actually worked with him for when you were at Boston, but how's it been working alongside him again? And, and was that a, a major draw for you to, to want to come back to, to Liverpool and work with him? Yeah, I think that was the only connection I really had. Um, and when an opportunity presented itself, it was just great because getting to work with him in Boston was short-lived, unfortunately, because the team had folded over the summer. But, um, I mean... Love playing under him. You felt like a confidence just because you have a coach who actually like believes in you and truly wants every single player to do well. And that's hard to find um, in the professional game. So I jumped at the opportunity to play under him again. Yeah, and there's quite a clear vision, isn't there, this year? And you've obviously got a clear aim, which is to get promotion and achieve promotion at the end of the at the end of the season. How how is the mentality in the group at the moment? You've obviously got momentum on your side. Has it been a positive experience to come into that and for everyone to be in, in a good place and the, and the team to be in a good position? Yeah, I mean, I think the girls did really well in the first half of the season, um, put themselves in a great position. And I think we've just continued to ride that momentum. And we've done well in our games, performed well enough, gotten results. And I think we just keep riding that and hopefully at the end of the season, we can look forward to promotion. Has it been good getting to know all the players? I saw Missy Bo teaching you some some Scouse terms on on, on LFC TV. 
teaching is a loose term. <laughs> I just get more confused every day. But uh, yeah, no, all the girls are very interesting. They've all got a lot of character, a lot of accents. Um, so it's been a fun experience. It's quite a mixed group, isn't it? It's, it's, it seems like a good, a good fun group to come into. For people that haven't seen much of you play before, be, it'd be interesting for people to know a bit about your playing style and the, the position you play and, and how you like to play. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, being a bigger player, um, I get the like label as like a hold-up nine, but I would much rather be someone known to be very technical and understand the game. I uh, love to get on the ball as much as possible, and um, I pride myself on my finishing abilities. Uh, not the running behind just super quick forward, but I like to have that in my game as well. And um, just trying to grow as much as I can here and challenge myself and you know, try to become a better player. Yeah, and you've already added another attacking option and, and scored a few goals already, which must have been good to come in and, and make such an impact. Are there, are there particular areas of your game you're looking to develop while you're here or, or things you want to get better at? Yeah, I think it's all about reading movement and reading um, just players around me, um, just working on more of the timing and off the ball and just trying to get, you know, even more dangerous with first touch and stuff like that, so. Yeah. Looking ahead to the weekend then, it's a it's a big game in the FA Cup. You've got the fifth round, you're against Arsenal. Are you looking forward to testing yourself against tough opposition and how are you all feeling about the weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge game for us. They're top of their table and we're top of ours. So it'll be big for us. It'll be a good test, especially if we want to get promoted and play in that league next year. Um, and I mean, they're an incredible club and I think it'll be a good test for us. And I think, you know, as momentum, as we talked about, was on our side, I hope we can just ride that through and put a good performance together yeah will it be quite a good marker of, of where you're at as well I guess to mm -hmm. see you know if you're if you're looking to play in that league next year to see where you're at and, and how you cope with the, with the pressure of it all exactly I think you know if we want to be there we got to compete with those type of teams so this will be really big for us yeah, I'm just interested in, in women's football in general. Obviously, you've experienced that in, in a few different countries now, and now you've you've come to England to play here. How, how are you seeing this sort of game progressing, in both in America, where you're, where you're from, and, and also in England and in other countries you've played in? I think when I first um, left college and entered this whole pro career, it was interesting because in college you're kind of supported and you just, you know, you get cleats and you get, or sorry, boots, you guys call them. <laughs> you get, like, basic stuff and then as soon as you're pro it's like oh nope you don't have a cleat deal you have to go buy your cleats at you know local supermarket or wherever it is and i'm like oh it's just a shock at first so i think now you know too many years later it's like the u.s just signed a collective bargaining agreement with their players association and they have a lot more support off the field so i think it's come a long way off the field and i think that helps us produce a better product on the field because we have more opportunities and we have more support and you know you don't have to worry about little things like not having health care and things like that or yeah. like I remember in the U.S. I live with a host family for season and then for four months it's like well where do I live I don't have housing or anything like that so like little things like that have come a long way and I think it helps a lot. Yeah and how have you found the support since you've come here it's obviously a big move for you have you felt positive and, and supported throughout the experience? Yeah, very supported. I mean, we have staff to answer any question I had. There was no dumb ones. And I was, well, that's what they say. But um, no, help me get settled, get, you know, sorted. Everything was done here and it was very organized. And I just felt, you know, it was a professional environment. 
Great. And then looking ahead, obviously, you're you're here for two years and, and what are you hoping to achieve during that time at Liverpool? Like I said, first promotion and then, you know, we want to actually compete and dominate in that league as well. I think uh, we've got a good group and we have the potential to do that. So it's, you know, getting more comfortable with each other. And I hope to bring a lot of competitiveness and, a, like, you know, continue to raise a standard here and make sure that we're competing and you know, putting out the best product. And on a personal level, learn learn how to deal with the wind. Learn, oh. learn what Cockney is. I, I enjoyed that. How would you describe that? Because I have no idea what I'd even say Cockney is, to be honest. No, that's just Matt, like, making up words. He'd say <laughs> chicken curry, and I'm like, huh? And that means worry, because it rhymes. But then he goes and says something else and just, like, takes away the word that's, like, the linking word that rhymes. And I'm like, how do you people understand this? And so then I just sit there and look confused as if I don't understand his jokes, but I do. They just, <laughs> give me a minute, I think. <laughs> Piece it all together, but. You're trying to trying to learn about the football, trying to understand all of that going on <sighs> and, and work with the team. And then also you've got all these other elements going on. It, it can't be easy, but no, on, on a serious note, you've got obviously a really big rest of the season and that, that starts on Sunday. And if you haven't got a ticket yet, I think they're still on sale. So go and get yourself a ticket. The game will also be live on the BBC iPlayer and on RTE if you're in Ireland. It's a, it's a 12 p.m. kickoff, which gives everyone plenty of time to come and watch your game, go home, get settled on the sofa for the League Cup final. There's also a food truck there to, to pick up donations so if you can take a few cans, it doesn't have to be much. I know they appreciate any any sort of donations whatsoever. So yeah, be good for people to come and get involved. It's a really fun day out, isn't it, for people that haven't haven't gone to the women's game before. It's a nice different atmosphere and a nice family atmosphere, would you say? Yeah, it is. I mean, you get your beans and toast, you come to the game. Afterwards, you can have your dinner and then another dinner and then your tea and whatever you do. <laughs> but no, the games are great. It's not the crazy, like... And I went to Anfield and everyone just stands up and down, up and down. I'm like, can we not just relax and watch a game? <laughs> so the fans are just as lively, but a lot more uh, practical, I think. And sit back and watch the game and enjoy it. Um, we've got a good group that normally comes and we'd love to expand that even further. Definitely. And how did you find Anfield quickly? I didn't know you'd already had the chance to go to a game there. Oh, jumped on the chance as soon as I got a ticket. Um it was really cool. Uh, great experience. Um, still haven't seen Sala play live, so waiting for that ticket, but it was incredible. Which really game cool. did you go to? Oh, because it was here at AFCON when you were there? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, well, you have to sort that out soon, but you've got you've got bigger things to worry about because you've got an FA Cup game, so exactly. best of luck in that, and yeah, definitely go down and, and make, make yourself known if you're there and, and go and give them all some support because you'll all need it, and it's going to be a tough game, but I have every faith that you'll smash it, so good luck for the rest of the season, Katie, and thank you so much for coming in and chatting to us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Neil Atkinson with John Gibbons to talk about his his fantastic interview with Diogo Jota and John this is one of these things people you know wouldn't quite understand and, and, and for perfectly understandable reasons in a sense you know you you don't get much notice to do these you, you were talking about it for a while but it looked like it wasn't going to happen then it might happen it might be on zoom it might be in person it might not happen at all so it's difficult isn't it to get yourself sort of ready as to what it is you're going to actually want to talk to the footballer about uh, because you know all the time it, it does feel as though well maybe it won't quite come together. Yeah, it, it was one of those where I think it was about a week before, uh, or maybe a little bit longer than a week before. D d there was there was talk of it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna sort of try and get you Jota um, in in the week leading up to the League Cup, and then, and then he of course gets his injury, and then it's like, well, you know, if he's if he's if he's very injured, he, he sort of you know won't want to do it. Um, so you know, I was uh, you you listen, I thought you you were sweating on Jota's injury. <laughs> <laughs> I was sort of you know, well, we were sort of even more so really. And, and listen, that's not to say that 
you know, just because he did it, you know, he's definitely fit for Sunday or anything. He, he was he was sort of completely honest in this interview with with where he's at, you know, which is obviously that the that they're trying the best and they're trying everything for they can. But you know, he's obviously desperate to play. That comes across in, in the interview, and yeah, he was great. But I think it was. Um, Ten minutes into the second half on, on Wednesday night, where they got we got the confirmation that it was two o'clock in person the next day, and and so at that point we thought it was more likely to be Zoom on Thursday night, and then we got a I got a text from someone. Yeah, it's about ten minutes into the second half. It was quite nice because I was sat with Ash as well, and Ash is yep. one of our video guys, and he was going to be filming it, and so he sort of got really excited because it's obviously it's much more fun for them to, to film something in person, um, especially with the footballer than, than do something on Zoom. Fun, but also like, you know, they can make something better of it. Um, so that was quite nice, really. So, so yeah, um, that's a sort of, you know, and, and then the next day it's it's moving things around because I mean, as everyone's seen on, you know, he's got the app and downloaded the app. There's, there's a heck of a lot going out this week and, and we didn't cancel anything. We, we just had to move a couple of things and <laughs> work a little bit later to sort of get everything done. Very much so. I think part of the interview, John, is that obviously you very much want to put over the personality of the footballer, and it's why it's really good to get them because you know to get their opportunity to 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 be able just to and the thing that you know I know applies always applies. I could say, oh, was he a sound off mic? Is he? But but I know that the time you spend there, you know, you got twenty three minutes with him. Pretty much every second you were in his company was recorded. So that's the idea of the, the, the sort of the nature of the person that he is, and that's what we always want to put over to the people people who are kind enough to listen. Yeah, and. One of the reasons I think I like to think that the footballers enjoy doing stuff with us is that it is relaxed and it's just sort of a chat. And that's not to say that you don't prepare. And me and you had a, a, a good chat on sort of Thursday morning where I, I sort of ran through everything I wanted to talk to just to sort of sense check it with you really. And you had some you know good additions and and they and they went in. Um, but you know it's but 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 also you 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 want to react to what they're saying and you want it to be you know as much as a, a conversation. So there was some stuff that you know I wasn't expecting to to end up talking about that, that we did and also he's funny and he's got jokes and so yeah. and so you want to you want to sort of you know react to that really and, and and go with that and yeah so he was he was he was as sound as, as it comes across and just just sort of dead relaxed but obviously you know <laughs> yeah d- d- desperate to play on Sunday he, he will be desperate to play on Sunday you know I'm not gonna ask you if you've got any real sense of, of, of how likely that is but one of the things I think is really interesting about him is, is is this journey that he's been on from signing for us from behind closed doors to now in front of fans and now for instance getting a big moment as you discussed with him through this competition and that's why to me it's really interesting how you know he's glad to talk really upbeat and he wants to talk about the fact that this does feel like almost like in a sense this is it's their competition but it's also him and it's his and you know I I just think that there's a general effervescence that comes off this squad all the time. There is, yeah, and and I was saying to to the to the media team afterwards. There's not a player who I've I've met or interviewed or even just come across who who I haven't sort of really liked, and they feel like they've got a really sound bunch and a really, you know, good group of of men as well as as footballers, and 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 that always sort of comes across to me. And, and Jota was exactly that, but then, you know, they, they haven't got to where they are today by, by by just being sort of sound lads who are quite good at footy there's obviously a, a steely determination there and and you get that with Jota in the clip that we're going to play now I talked to him about basically backing yourself going into a club like Liverpool but also a club where the front three is literally well famous do you know what I mean even the casual football fan all around the world would have been able to tell you who the front three was to Liverpool so to come into a, a football club and, and back yourself to excel 
um, in in that situation, you know, shows shows what a confident lad he is, and so so the confidence, you know, sort of com- com- comes through and, and came through really nicely, you know, in in this interview. Excellent stuff. Should we play the clip? Yeah, let's play the clip. Um, the full thing is available to download um, on the app. So if you if you download our app, if you if you don't let you have it, you will get some free tokens so you can uh, enjoy that. Uh, so make sure uh, you download the Anfield app, app on your normal app store. Uh, get stuck in for the full interview. It is really really good. Here's a clip from that. Were you more conscious that obviously you know Mo and Sadio were away? Did you feel like a little bit more? pressure on yourself not necessarily pressure but you knew well you know it's, it's on me to get the goals tonight do you go in or do you just sort of play your normal game no just trying to play your normal i don't overthink uh, i'm that kind of guy that just uh, just be quiet and do, do your job and uh, I, I trust everybody even without Sadin mo we are able to, to win games like we showed if he's not me even ox uh, stepped up in, yeah. the, in the moments he scored some important goals for us so we, we are a team and obviously uh, if they are not there somebody else will be there and I, I truly believe that we have a, a very good squad to, to fight uh, for everything like, like we are doing but obviously it's always special when you get, grab a couple of goals um, even in the first game um, uh, the sent off was a, was a foul on me uh, I was expecting us to, to kind of win it that game yeah. but it didn't really work out unfortunately but I was always confident that we could go to, to Emirates and, and win and that's what we did and it's John Gibbons from the Anfield Wrap with another insert and this one is Kirsty of Football Prizes and Football Prizes partnered with us uh, back in the last season and we gave some fantastic stuff away with them and they've come back on to us because they got an absolute belter of a prize for the Carabao Cup final um, so it's a Liverpool mega bundle uh, with nine prizes and only one winner um, nine prizes only one winner and so those prizes are uh, bear with me uh, it's going to take some time uh, to read all this out I've uh, got a Diogo Jota very topical uh, signed and custom framed Liverpool shirt shirt uh, a 1977 legends signed in custom framed liverpool shirt that's signed by 10 of the 77 team uh, trent alexander arnold signed and framed liverpool montage a john barnes signed and framed liverpool shirt a robbie fowler signed and framed liverpool shirt hope <laughs> you've got a big house whoever wins this uh, a 21 22 liverpool home and away shirt a 200 pound tax-free cash and the 21 22 premier league replica football that is absolutely incredible all those prizes a ticket is 9.95 so one ticket in this raffle costs 9.95 but they're only selling 199 so you've got a better than one in 200 chance if you do enter of winning all those amazing prizes uh, the competition ends this monday so it's monday the 28th of february at 7 30 uh, they do the draw on their facebook um, so if you go into their facebook uh, you'll be able to see uh, the draw live uh, but only one winner they've sold 62 already i'm looking at this live uh, so we're gonna move on uh, if i were you as i say uh, you've got until uh, monday and yeah, best of luck. I think a couple of rap um, fans and, and, and listeners have, have won in the past, so that's always a brilliant. So do let us know if you are uh, successful in this and you are the lucky winner of all that stuff. And I hope your partner or wherever you live with likes football as well because absolutely loads. Uh, but it's footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Liverpool hyphen bundle. I'll read that out again. Footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Liverpool hyphen bundle. Best of luck to you and nice ones football prizes for partners with us again it's andy heaton for tour live and i'm joined delighted to be joined by longtime friend of the Anfield rap and me personally um and also mine trustee uh roman tolita now how, how are we bro uh great mate thank you and uh great to uh great to speak it's uh it's odd speaking in this context um normally it's uh saturday afternoon in the in the glenbuck after the match 
don't, don't be breaking the fourth wall. I've got a <laughs> reputation to uphold here. Now, now, come on, come on. No, um, so the reason why was, um, we've got Row on the show today is um, in the run up to the League Cup final, um, the EFL are partners with with Mind. And for those who don't know, Mind is a mental health charity um, in which Rohan is, is deeply involved with. I mean, to the point where, you know, if, 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 you, if you do the tiny bit of research, you'll see just how much Mind means to Rohan and the journey he's been on. So, Rohan, I mean, do you want to, I'm telling your story and say, do you want to hear it from the man himself? Um, oh, thanks. By the way, um, everyone has permission to call me Ro. I, I only get the full name Rohan when I'm in trouble with uh, with my mother, which is still fairly regularly. Um, and it's actually through my mother that I supported um, uh, Liverpool. And that leads into the story. I mean, I, um, I lived with mental ill health from the age of 17 to 32, apart from that was during the time when we didn't really talk about mental health. We didn't really have any awareness around mental health. So I'm 40, I'm 47 years old now. Um, and from around 1991 through to 2006, um, I was living with bipolar disorder. Um, and ultimately we had no idea um, what was going on. All I knew was that, you know, my life was absolutely, all over the place. It was a mixture of uh, manic episodes followed by depression um, and all the way through, um, you know, no one really being able to tell me that anything was wrong, me not understanding that was any anything was wrong. And, you know, the potted version is I got to a place where I couldn't, I literally couldn't take any more with the, with the constant changes of mood, um, the, the impact it had on my life. I'd, I'd run up crippling debts. I couldn't hold down work, um, wrecked friendships, the, the whole lot. Um, and in those days, no one to really talk to about it. Um, and it got to a point where I did attempt to uh, take my life on uh, three occasions. Um, the first couple, they were the, the cry for help, but the last one, um, I did mean, and, you know, by God's grace, I woke up the next morning and, um, it was at that point that mind really came in and, um, you know, started me on that journey of recovery by getting me into a peer group first then getting me into uh, the medical um, system to uh, finally get a diagnosis. And Andy, you know, bipolar disorder has um, a huge um, death rate among uh, among men. And yet it was a moment where I literally, I jumped for joy because I knew I could overcome an illness, but I couldn't have overcome looking in the mirror for another day and hating the person that I saw. Is uh, it, is it, I mean, that's one thing that's kind of struck me over the last ten years, over the last ten years, ish, is the amount of knowledge around it now that that's easily or more easily available than what it ever was. And you know, I get the sense from what you were talking about, it just wasn't there, and it was hard. And then that kind of drives the bipolar, and you know, everyone's just saying, "Oh, you'll be all right, you'll be all right." Yeah, without realizing just how debilitating something like that is that it drives you to the point where you think, I don't really want to be here anymore. But then the other side of it as well, it's quite struck me, which struck me with reading through all the, the mind stuff and works we've done, works we've done with James's place, et cetera, is, you know, identifying it as, as an illness, as a clinical illness. Yeah. 
is key to all that. And when, it, when you read it in black and white, it actually seems quite cold. But it, identifying it like that is the way. It, it is. It is because it gives it. It gives you some meaning. Because you know, when I was going through it, mate, I just thought I was an absolute utter. You know, it, it's hard to describe um, without using politically incorrect words. In, in that's fine. Go go for it. I, I did. I just thought I was an absolute fruitcake because I'd go from being life and soul of the party, you know, to literally not being able to get out of bed. Um, and you know, I'd, I'd I'd grown up. I had all the opportunities in the world, and literally, you compare yourself to your peer group as well, and suddenly you've got nothing. You're living literally hand to mouth. You you can't keep friendships. You can't keep work. And you're seeing your peer group um, being successful. And um, it was a horrible, horrible time because you just look at yourself and you hate everything that you are. And I've spoken openly to you, mate. At that time, I hated myself. I, I couldn't stand myself. And I, I didn't understand who I was. And I didn't feel I had any place in this world. And actually, the only place where I ever belonged back then was on the cop. Honestly, was for the rest of the week, I'm, I'm kind of like just there not knowing what's going on and not being able to make sense of anything in, in this world. And yet for two hours on a Saturday afternoon, life made sense. And I was able to be in Anfield, knowing that I wasn't alone, knowing that I wasn't walking alone, knowing that I belonged to something much bigger than myself and knowing that I was just in a place where I could be me and where I could just be still and away from the chaos and carnage outside the rest of life. So th th this leads nicely into the, the, the campaign with the, with the Football League. I mean, it's kind of, I've, I get a sense of you tell your story and I, I say this is a mate, so maybe I'm a little bit biased, but you tell your so, story so truthful and so hard, you know, that it, it is, I wouldn't say an inspiration, but I'm maybe reaching for the wrong word, but by, by laying it out so honestly and putting yourself front and center, to me, that's been really important seeing that. And I've seen your progression from then to where you are now, where you're now a, a trustee of mine. So it kind of leads me to Sunday in the, and <clears throat> what we're going into because you've just said about the football about being with, with on the cop whatever the fact of the matter is I wouldn't know you and you wouldn't know me if it wasn't for the for the football so <clears throat> how how proud must you have been when you know the football league and mind came together in 2018 and 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 said right let's work on this let's, let's de destigmatize it absolutely brilliant mate because number one I knew how significant football had been in my own journey um, you know, as I said, football literally was a lifesaver. But ultimately, we also know that, you know, and the pandemic's accelerated a lot of things, pal, over the last, last couple of years. But essentially, we were still in a place for all of the increased workplace well-being awareness, for all of the increased media coverage of mental health. The one thing we still haven't changed is the fact that young men, working class men, find it really, really difficult to talk about mental health. They find it really difficult to show weakness because we're all taught that to be vulnerable is weak. And actually the message of the partnership on your side has been the fact that as a mate, I've got your back. 
uh, I'm on your side and you can be as vulnerable as you like around me because ultimately the more vulnerable you are, the stronger you are. I promise that. And mate, you role model that. Um, you know, and it's something that I love and admire about you as a friend is the fact that you do wear your heart on your sleeve and you are open about when you are um facing facing your your own challenges around anxiety and mental well-being. And that's exactly what the partnership's been about. It's been about starting conversations that would never otherwise have got started. But way beyond that has been the fact that it's not just been about fundraising. It's not just been about awareness raising. You know, Mind have been able to get into clubs, you know, uh, 72 clubs in the in the football league and actually train staff at clubs to um, around, um, you know, mental health first aid, around how to spot signs, around how to have conversations about how to actually take the message into the community. So, you know, for me, the, the, the impact of um, the partnership will be felt for a very, very long time. And for me, it's been a privilege to be part of it. So the, the, the partnership has been extended, but just go into a little bit more detail about what you were saying there is, and we see this all the time, and this is maybe my cynical worldview on things, but, you know, people sign up for these things to be seen to sign up for them. But from what you're saying, the, the Football League are taking this very, very seriously. Yeah. I mean, to the point where every Football League kit's got the, the mind squiggle yeah. thing on it. Absolutely. And the logo's constantly there. But I didn't see, I didn't even know that they were going into the clubs. And that, that to me, you know, that, that's been taken with sincerity. Yeah, and with and, and with the seriousness, rather than going, oh look, isn't it great? We're supporting, you know. Absolutely, yeah. They, you know, from from all the all the way from young players through to coaching staff, through to back office staff, they've all had um, bits of training, and again, local communities have been uh, have been involved in it. And you know, for me, the only the only sad piece, obviously, is that it has been restricted if we like to the football league and actually that it's not made its way to premier league uh, premier league clubs i know um you know heads together did the uh, campaign around the fa cup which was uh, which was great a couple of years ago but you know the sincerity with which the efl have taken this for me has been um, you know really groundbreaking and really inspirational because it hasn't just been a pr exercise they've been really committed to um, improving well-being within the game but then taking it from they've created role models because within the game they've got staff and players speaking about it and that role modeling you know what it's like that makes its way into the community into the stands and suddenly the conversation's amplified well you know yourself and you know yourself you've been we've been in in a meatball tag let's call it tag we've been in taggies yeah and the change in that's you around talking about it. I mean, you're a friend of mine, we can talk anyway, but just like people openly talking in yeah. our peer group Definitely. now compared to like even two, three, four years ago, you yeah. just, you just, you, you just wouldn't, you know, and whilst at the same time, it, it's sometimes difficult to hear those stories. The fact that they're being told is, is a huge positive. And it, it's again, it's just mates having, um, having your back. And, you know, I often, the question I often get asked is, how do I start a conversation? What happens if I'm if if I don't have the tools? Um, and you'll know 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 this from conversations we've had. You don't have to have any tools other than being a really boss and sound human being. Um, honestly, because there are there are medical practitioners, there are charities, there are different people who are going to take you on that part of the journey. But actually, in terms of being a friend 
all I've got to do is be reliable, care, and have your back and be there for you. Um, and listen, you know, all I can do is say, you know, I know that if I've got a problem, I can go to you and you'll listen. You're not going to try and fix me. And I'm never going to try and fix fix anyone else, but I'll always listen. And that's that's where we've got to, got to that fact where people are having open conversations about it. And I love seeing it. And, you know, don't underestimate the impact of something like the Anfield rap on this. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not saying this because we're, we're recording this um, segment or dare I say to blow smoke up anyone's ass uh, at the rap, but ultimately the rap transcends football. And that's what I've found. For me, it's the belonging that it's given me, not just back supporting the football club, but belonging within the fan base, belonging within the socioeconomics and the socio-politics of the city, and really being at the heart of everything. And when we give people that sense of belonging, that's when conversations start, because that's when you build really, really trusted and deep friendships, which go way beyond football. Um, and the amount of brilliant people that I met, you know, I, I had a season ticket with the West Midlands Supporters Club for years, and I've still got some great friends there, don't get me wrong. But the friendship groups that I've developed over this last couple of years, um, coming back the match, absolutely incredible. Oh, mate, that's all right. I've, I don't even know what to say that other than thank you, uh, to be honest. So, I mean... I mean, the, thank, the thanks really are all mine. Um, you know, I think that to all of you, you you play your own part in creating that community and that um, that belonging. Um, without you guys, I wouldn't know about James's place and the, the incredible work that they're doing around male suicide, which is so needed because ultimately it's not just mine that can do this. You know, it, and it's not just the EFL that can do it. It needs so many different um, different people to uh, take ownership of what remains a huge problem. Talking about peer groups, talking about the football Sunday. Yeah. Oh, mate, can't wait! I'm 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 so glad that I've had a busy day today because otherwise I'd just be combusting with excitement. Um, look, mate, um, the way we're playing at the moment, we can hurt you in so many different ways. Um, I think, look, Chelsea are a great side. We know that. Um, and we know that they've got tools that can, can hurt us. But I, I, I think they can only hurt us one way. Um, uh, Kante is always a problem whenever we come up against them. But I've just got a feeling with that foundation of Thiago Fabinho in midfield, whoever he goes with, and I'm, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming that it will be Jordan on, uh, on Sunday, I just think the way we're playing at the moment, we'll have, we'll have too much. And I think... We'll probably score early, and we'll probably be have a few squeaky uh, squeaky moments along the way. But I think Mo to wrap it up on the break late on two 0 Reds win. You always back the boys when they when they need it. Eh? Rowan, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Um, this has been on the heat for so live, and. Um, roll on Sunday back to the studio. And there we are. We are back, and we are back to look ahead to this final and. Rob, one of the things that was said before was about the younger players. There is one younger player uh, who will be starting this weekend uh, for certain. It is the goalkeeper, Kelleher. For me, 
I'm really pleased about this. I think it's worth remembering a couple of things. One is that Alison Becker gets the odd injury here and there. So if you want a number two of genuine quality, you've got to be able to reward that player. But also, secondly, I think it's a big statement culturally about the way in which Jurgen Klopp wants to run his football team. It's a vote of confidence, obviously, in the footballer in question. I'm pleased he's doing it. And even if something goes horribly wrong on Monday, I will not regret that decision. No, it's it's another example of how Jurgen is able to play in the pre, play for the present and with one eye to the future simultaneously, which is not an easy thing to master, especially when you espouse the one game at a time mentality, which you know football has to live by. With Kelleher, he's sending yeah, he's sending out the message. The, we've you know continuing the theme we, I was I was talking about earlier, but he's also possibly sort of laying a foundation for being able to keep this incredible young goalkeeper at Liverpool as our backup for at least another two years. Quite yep. frankly, uh, maybe just long enough to to, to see Allison into his dotage and for Kelleher to become a Liverpool number one one day. It's a really difficult balancing act. That would be the dream, but to show Kelleher that he's trusted in this way is is, is one way of edging towards that dream i think it's harry i think it's so significant i really do and i think it's uh, it's different from whatever chelsea do between mendy and, and kepper and that's their business it's their football club and, and and their manager gets to run how he wants but the point about this is that mendy's an expensive acquisition kepper was an even more expensive acquisition whichever way they go it is different to whatever liverpool do and if liverpool do back the younger footballer here for me i think it just sends a signal out to everyone uh, to anyone who's 16, 14, 12, who's thinking about what football club they might want to join if they've got exceptional talent and ability. Uh, and also to to the squad itself, to the existing footballers, that you will get chances at Liverpool if you earn them. You will get chances. I think it's also really important to say that if this goalkeeper, even if in a normal League Cup campaign, had been playing and they were maybe Adrian, for example, they wouldn't get the final if, if they weren't trusting. I think that the fact that he's getting the nod for the final just shows that he has the ultimate trust in, from the manager and from the team around him. We were talking about the academy earlier. It's, it's a huge testament as well to the academy, the fact that they've been able to bring this goalkeeper through and, and, and now he's going to be starting in a final. It's such a huge moment for his career. I mean, he's 23 years old and he's going to be coming out to Wembley with 80,000 people watching him the only thing I sort of worry about from from his perspective is that there is a lot of pressure and with the with the people around saying Alisson should start and all, all these things it, it does put more pressure on his back so I think now that we 100% know that it is him we've all got to accept that now and back him fully because he's deserved it he's played throughout the campaign at bar the one game obviously when when Alisson was coming back from a bit of time off and and he deserves to be playing there and, and I trust him and I back him too well he's shown us absolutely nothing to suggest that we should be worried and that's what I what, what I always think there's nothing we need to worry about with him and I think can have a great game and we just all need to back him 100%. John, in the autumn of 2019, I always remember Liverpool went to Genk and the really strange thing that happens when Liverpool go to Genk is with about 20 to go, the manager brings on Divock Origi and the Genk supporters sing Divock's name for a period of time and I was, you know, in the way you forget sometimes that football is not just literally what happens to Liverpool in your own mind. You were lucky enough to go over and, and, and do some work around telling the story of Kelleher before this. You know, you went over to Cork and spent a bit of time. And it is, it, it's worth dwelling on the fact that this these things, they are significant. And, and we, we, we have our Liverpool focus and I'm fine with us having our Liverpool focus. But there are, there are a variety of different locales to football, while simultaneously, obviously, the one that matters the most is the locale of the club in question. Yeah, we, we've done quite a lot of the Anfield app on, on the stories of the players and and Kravin's and, and just the sort of latest one and, and you go over there and it's the, the prides 
first and out of them, you know, in terms of, you know, pride for him, but also, you know, having played a, a part in the development of of, of him and, and others, it must be said as well, who've gone on to professional careers, who, who, who've came out of Ringman. And, but so they're, they're delighted with him. And, you know, I think every pub in Cork's going to be full um, on Sunday and they're going to be watching it. And it was funny hearing them say that, you know, he used to be, you know, he used to have to, you know, not quite bully kids to go in goal, but would be very persuasive. And now 90% of the lads who turn up want to play in goal and they can't they can't get an outfield team together um, <laughs> because that's, that's that's the problem. Um everyone wants to be uh, everyone wants to be the new Callahan, everyone wants to to, to to play in goal and, and, and be like their hero. So it's it's amazing, isn't it, what influence um you know just one person, you know, breaking through can have and, and that influence will will last for years now on, on Cork and, and I'm sure across the whole of Ireland as well. The, the, they're all sort of very, very proud of him and you know when he walks out behind Jordan Henderson who we expect on, on, on Sunday it'll be a huge moment the pubs in Cork are good they are very good Neil. it would be my second favourite place to watch this game if not on the ground oh. I think the pubs in Cork yeah absolutely I was, I was well gel that the, that the lads went over to Cork in the week even only for a short spell and obviously, well gel I like that well gel yes <laughs> seven hours we were there Bob Oh, it's, it's, it's not you, you, did, you did manage a few Guinness in there, didn't you? So right, you, got, you got too high, you know. Man. <laughs> it's, it's rude not to, wasn't it, John? It's a wonderful place, Cork, and uh, I, I can't. Can I, I for one, cannot wait to go back. Um, we cannot wait to go back. Rob Kelhern in goal. The key, the yes. next key question then becomes what he does next to next to Van Dyke. I genuinely think he's going to start Canate. Um, I'm fine with that again, and I think it's important that you know if you've got younger players or you're back, it's important to get big, big, big match experience, final experience. You know what a serious football team he wants to be. In finals for years what do you think he's going to do i'm a week ago i was i was confident we could, it was going to be canate and i thought he might have dropped him in against leeds to get him ready for it now i'm genuinely 51 49 matip but it's is that right? That's just doing, yeah, doing that's math fine. That's, yes, that's so, splendid. That does equal well, 100. That was after half a <laughs> half a beer that's suddenly got a bit harder than it needed to be but yeah no i so i'm I really I can barely pick between them. That, that's that's the case. I I thought that if he was sure Lukaku would start, I think you look at Kanate, the way Kanate dealt with, say, Ibrahimovic, another static forward, <laughs> you'd go, yes, it's Kanate. You want Kanate. He's shown himself in one-on-one -on -one battles as a player. I wonder against a more, f you know, fluid, uh, falseish nine like Havertz, who could get the nod in that position, whether... whether uh, whether Kanate is the right choice or not. So I, I couldn't call it. And I, I think it's going to be a hard one for Klopp to call. Harry, what do you think he's going to do? I think he's going to put Kanate in for this one. I think he's he's just a bit more robust in terms of dealing with a more agile defence. I think Havertz probably does start for Chelsea. Lukaku's not really shown in his last few games that why he should get a start. I mean, it's widely documented his seven touches against Crystal Palace, isn't it? So I think Havertz must, might start, but I still think Kanate will come in. Although I just love Matip. So it's really hard to see him on the bench, especially after he scored a goal and just a game against Leeds and, and just looks so solid. But yeah, Van Dijk and Kanate for me and they're, they're quite big and, and you want that in front of Kelleher, especially if he's in goal. What do you think, John? I think he'll pick Matip. I think he'll, I think if he was going to pick Kanate, he'd either play them a little bit more than what he has. I know he loves dropping him in and I know he loves dropping him in in a big game, but I think, I don't know. I, it feels to me like it's going to be a, it's it's going to be Van Dijk and Mata. But that said, if it is Van Dijk and Canate, you know I won't have an issue at all because I think he's he's done great, and um, I think I think the, the three really really 
you know, great defenders to Liverpool. And, you know, I mean, Joe Gomez is a great defender as well, but that will be a shock at this stage if he suddenly goes in there. But, you know, they're all good options and, and that's fantastic. Uh, okay. Are you expecting any surprises in the middle of the park, Rob? I I, I, yes. I think it, I, you are. Go on. <laughs> in as much as I think it's really hard to call, I... I had I had a thought that Jordan might not start until I saw him fronting the press conference, and then the law of if you sh- if you are in the press conference, you definitely start applies. So because 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 a final like this is, is a game impossibly in three parts, in that you've got the first phase, then the then the substitution phase on around sixty, and then you've got extra time, and you've got five subs for this. So you know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a distraction, I think, to talk entirely about starting elevens a lot of the time, but in this kind of game, especially as a distraction. To that end, I think starting with the dream three of Thiago, Fabinho, and Henderson, Henderson uh, Klopp, stroke Linders might consider folly, because I think you'd like one of them on to add their quality. And I've got a feeling it might be Thiago and Fabinho starting. Sorry, Fabinho and Henderson starting with Thiago being the wild card who could play a crucial hour from 60 to the end of extra time. So if there is a if there is a third mystery spot on start, the surprise pick could be Nabi Keita. Wouldn't put money on it, but I, I called it on Curtis in the week and it could be Curtis. It could be it could be Curtis Harvielli or Nabi Keita. And again, doing the maths between 30s, 31s and 33s, I don't know, you know, I don't know who you'd pick, but I've got a feeling our, our chosen best three might not start. Okay, John, what do you think about that? That's quite interesting from Rob. And I, I think it's worth remembering the five sub thing, and I think it is worth remembering potentially 120 minutes. It's no extra time, is there? There is extra time, yeah. It's semi-finals and final in the League Cup, there is extra time. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that, that's, that's, that's made... You know, a lot of things that I've said on other shows are uh, not true. I'm blaming the um, <laughs> the, FIFA the FIFA thing with John. Yeah, yeah, Josh, very much so. No, that, yeah, that that's wrong. I looked it up today. I double checked because I was doing the same thing. Okay, um, I still think you'll pick the same starting three in midfield, which I think you'll go Henderson, Thiago, and Fabinho. I think I think Fabinho and, and Thiago have been the standout midfielders this season. Uh, the record speaks for itself, and I think he's managed them really well, you know, going into this game. And I think Henderson has played himself into to form and, and the shares just at the right time. I think it's 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 two good games, you know, on the bounce from him. And so I'd expect him to get the the nod. You know, he's the captain as well. So and that doesn't guarantee you a, a, a share, but it does sort of count for something. And I think it does mean that someone else would have to be you know, in pretty outstanding form to 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 get the nod over Jordan, and I, and I just don't think anyone else is. I think there's a couple of lads who are doing fairly well, but I don't think anyone's been kind of you know jumping out at you as as you know taking that shirt off him. So I think you'll go those three, um, and then the 120 minutes things just makes it interesting in terms of. <clears throat> In terms of other other subs and when you used them, really, so he's he, you know someone like Jotty, he might have a bit of a, a decision to make in that you don't want to you don't want to bring him on in sixty if he might if he might have to you know play another thirty. So that's where that's that's a, a bit of an interesting one, but I don't think it'll it'll necessarily change who he's going to start. Harry, do you feel it'll be the three? Rob just wants to use that meme of Nabby that he always uses, don't you, Rob? You just love that, so you're just keen for him to start because of that. I'm a Nabby. Rob and his memes. I, I'm a Nabby truther. I would say that one of the comments goes, go ahead, Rob, one for the Nabby truthers. I like that. <laughs> when did Elliot last play? Because I, when he, I, I, thought, he was, I mm. thought he was 100% going to start against Leeds and then maybe with an eye to bring him in for the final. And I'm still thinking he might, he, something mad might happen with Elliot. But I think if that doesn't happen, it, it's going to be the, 
the, the classic three that you see. I think, like like John said, the, the Thiago and Fabinho link up is just unreal at the moment. And I think Thiago is just providing a sense of control that he has to come in from the start. So 100% of him and Fabinho for me, it's just a question of whether Henderson starts. And he was in the press conference. He is the captain, want, wants to be leading the team out for the final and, and providing that leadership on the pitch as much as anything. So yeah, those three for me. Do you think to point out the last thing about this, Rob, is the, the scheduling is actually, I think it's actually really quite well done. You know, for both Liverpool and Chelsea are hasten to add that. Remember, they've got agency in this. They're a good side. Kante plays in the week. He's often excellent against us. But the point is, we've all got fifth round FA Cup games midweek. Yeah. You know, ours is at home to Norwich. And whilst they, they scored a goal against us recently, and, and, and you know, whilst they, they've got a game tonight, so they'll have a bit of time to rest before that one. What it means is everyone can leave it all out on the pitch. And for me, that's the most important thing here, you know, from a Liverpool point of view. Whoever he does pick, whichever way he goes, everyone can leave it all out on the pitch. Yes, that's absolutely correct. I think he's known that for a while. And and that's why I don't think we've seen any rotation rotation for its own sake in the front three. That's why I think Manor and, and Salah Mane virtually played every minute they could have played since they've been back. I think that's that that's correct, and uh, and actually thinking about that game again, I think that's possibly why Harvey Elliott doesn't start this because I think he'll think see Norwich as very much a game to bring him in for to from a start. We're going to win. Yeah, I think so. I think obviously it's going to be graft, right? But I think it might be more measured graft than than than, than uh, people might fear. I think Liverpool, one thing Liverpool has seemed to have gained back, and I don't want to tempt fate, but is the control of the title-winning season. I think we've seen that with the, with the grinding out and the, the being able to sort of rest with the ball in games. We saw that against Leeds, quite frankly. We saw it against Burnley. Although even the, the, the winning ugly games we've had recently, like Inter, we've not come under a lot of pressure. And I'm hoping we don't against Wembley, for my own sanity's sake, if little else. Um, John, are we going to win? Yeah, I think we will. I think we will. I think, you know, they have caused us problems in different ways in, in the two league games this season. But I agree with Bob. I just feel like we're a, we're a little bit of a different beast now um, to what we were then. You know, the, the first one was the start of the season. We hadn't quite got our sort of rhythm. Uh, the away one is, is is when, I don't know, there's a lot of COVID and, and mad stuff knocking around this. And then we were just we were just a bit sort of open and a bit ragged, whereas now we're, we're pairing nicely. And, and now I know there's extra time as well. I'm really, really confident. Liverpool, after extra time, they'll have just found out about. Uh, Harriet, what do you think? Yeah, I think we're going to win, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely backing us. I think if we go 2-0 up, and, and like we did at Sanford Bridge, there's no way now in the position that we're in and the, the way that we're managing games that we that we can see to after that point. So their, their defence is obviously really solid, and, but our attack, like I said earlier, is completely unrelenting at the moment. So I'm going to go for a little... I'm going to give you a score prediction. As well. I'm going to go for a 2-1. No extra time, 90 minutes. It's all going to be done. We're going to have a nice, nice day out. Excellent stuff. Great and uh, nice day out news from Harriet there. Uh, she's got more confidence around our bus than I have. I won't even uh, be there, but, you know, you'll have a nice day out. Well, I mean, I, I always do, Harriet. I mean, we could get beat 3-0 and I'd still find a way to have a nice day out. Listen, thank you very much indeed uh, to Rob and to Harriet and to John. There's been so much fantastic stuff on the Anfield Wrap this week. There really has. Download the app if you haven't thought to do so already and enjoy every last bit of it. I'll say it again, genuinely, Cup Final Grandstand was never as good as the Anfield Wrap has been this week. Uh, you've got yourself, Jota. You've got Phil Thompson. You've got Ian Rush. You've even got James York from Statsbomb. And trust me, my friends, that does not come cheap. It has been <laughs> an absolute pleasure this tour live. Thank you very much to Andy for producing. It's a cup final on Sunday and I really, really fancy Liverpool. Let me phrase it this way. This is what I'm going to start saying. It's what I've started thinking. I fancy Liverpool like Liverpool versus Leicester City Boxing Day 2019.